0: Welcome to episode twenty-nine of Chew on This a Nerd United podcast. I'm BJ. Vic. Hey, so we are a week away from um, uh, one of our uh, movies on our top ten list. Uh, for me, I think it was number ten. For you, however, it was number one, which is a complete opposite of me.
1: So, <laughs>
0: yeah. So <laughs> I had it more.
1: I had it more for nostalgic reasons, other than the fact that it's a really great movie.
0: Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, so. We both actually had a chance to revisit uh, Finding Nemo, yep. and um, what I, I, it's been a few years since I've seen it, and man, does that movie still hold up? Like, I still mm-hmm. got pr- pretty emotional through a couple of parts, um, especially the beginning. Those bastards, you know. Again, Pixar does this time and time again, where they just really tug at your heartstrings. But these are like animals; they're not, you know, humans. You know, like a like an up. You know when they did that to you in the beginning of Up, uh, but Finding Nemo, you know, again it does that thing right at the beginning where it just it just kills you. You know when the yeah. spoilers. The, if you haven't seen Pixar it, Pixar <laughs> loves to
1: like gut punch you.
0: Yeah, they do with just real world uh, situations, but with in this case with fish. Uh, well, what's
1: crazy is that it. You know, um, it's it was Walt Disney who started this whole thing. I think he lost his mother or father very early on. So that's why a lot of the, that's where all this started. Um, all the Disney movies, that's why somebody dies somewhere at some point in time, somebody dies and the early movies, uh, when Disney was still around, he would inject himself into, um, his personal life into some of this stuff. So that's why, so that's why there's this trend of, when there's a great movie, uh, a cartoon movie, somebody always dies. Um, or you'll notice in most cartoon movies, somebody dies um, and the person has to rise up um, and, and find themselves. So that's where that trend starts. And now Pixar takes it and, you know, makes it even worse. Like um, <laughs> I like that. I makes it worse. <laughs> yeah, they make it even worse. I mean, we've talked about it before where the the beginning of Up, I mean, Jesus, I mean... That that first 10 minutes of the movie, like I had no, um, I had no, nothing preconceived about the movie. Nobody warned me about anything when I went to go see that movie in the theater. And I'm watching this movie, and that's all fun, you know, with the kids like pretending to be, um, you know, fun, uh, explorers and shit and like that. Yeah. In the beginning of the movie. And then all of a sudden, like, I was like, oh my God, this is adorable. Like those kids are adorable. Oh, cool. They grow up and they get married. This is so fun. And you're like, okay, they, can't have kids that sucks and then right after that it's like okay she's pretty sick this doesn't look very good
0: and it's all <laughs> in a
1: montage and by the end of the like the first 10 minutes i'm crying i'm like isn't this supposed to be at the end of the movie or in the middle of the movie <laughs> Witness
0: <get> and, fun. <laughs>
1: yeah and <laughs> and not in a cartoon and i'm like jesus christ like i just went through like every single emotion in the first 10 minutes of up so anyway, so you know, with Finding Dory, I think up was after Finding Dory, but with Finding, Finding Dory, Nemo. it's the same Finding thing. Finding Nemo. Oh, sorry, sorry right. yeah, Finding Nemo. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that the trend started with Disney. Um, to my knowledge, I'm I'm like ninety nine point nine percent sure the trend started with Disney, and that's why everybody dies in the beginning. Or somebody yeah. dies in the beginning.
0: Well, you know, movies like um you know, Bambi, I think it was at the beginning, um uh Lion King comes to mind the most, but but they actually introduced, you know, Mufasa and actually got to know him a little bit before they killed him off. Um and that was pretty tough to see, you know, Simba having to go on without his dad. But you know, again, it's coming of age story, that kind of thing. But finding Nemo, you know, they established right away this this, you know, this couple who's you know, I don't know, newly together and or they've been together for a while, and they have all these, you know, uh, eggs that are going to hatch into kids, and and they just move to this new neighborhood, and you know they're all excited and everything, and then that barracuda comes and just ruins their lives, you know, kills the mom and all the eggs except for one, you know, so that was pretty pretty heartbreaking watching that. At the beginning of that, I was like, what? Where's the fun? What, this is supposed to be a cartoon. What's going on? you know but it's just the genius of pixar they just know how to tell a good story and you know having the the egg hatch and it have like the the little fin you know was was a really cool touch too because it added this sense of like the father's even more protective of of his child um, not just because of the death of his mom and his and his siblings but because he's also you know kind of handicapped too so right. um Gosh, I mean just, just – they just layer it upon layer it at the beginning of this thing. And then they turn it into like a, a father you know, being overprotective of his son and having – it's hard to let go, hard to let them fall, hard to let them make their own decisions and, and fail and, and stuff like that. And I know exactly where he's coming from because I'm a dad of a son and you have two girls and so it's really hard sometimes to let go and uh that's basically what the, the premise of the movie is just letting go, letting your kids um you know grow up but uh <clears throat> the other thing the other aspect of it if you look at it technically this movie when it came out was one of the most astonishingly most astonishingly looking graphically just looked incredible compared to anything before it um the the lighting and the and the the you know, the, the water effects and all that stuff. It just it it felt so incredibly realistic. It was crazy. Um and, and yeah, they must but one
1: of the one of the toughest things to do in in animation and special effects for that matter is is water. That was like one of the last things to for special effects people to um and we're talking real effects, real world effects to get them to say like, okay, we, we can, we can do this. Like James Cameron's abyss was a big breakthrough when he, they were able to animate the water and make it look realistic. And, um, with Pixar, um, every movie that you see, you know, is always setting the standard higher and higher and finding Nemo definitely did that with the real world water effects that they used in this movie. Um, even though it's it's a cartoon, they, the the effects and the shadows and the the reflection must have been painstakingly difficult to do this movie, because yeah. it's always difficult to do shadows and sunlight in animation. But then, the way that water refracts light is completely different—a whole new ball game. And 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 Pixar did an amazing job with this movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think they were in uh, working on it for a good five years five or six years or something like that, which is just blows my mind that, you know, you spend that long um, working on something. But the interestingly enough, like I was reading more and more into finding Nemo um, because I think back then, I don't know, I I guess I was in the internet, but I didn't really look around all that much. But I, I recently, after I watched it, I had to go and dig up some facts about finding Nemo and found some interesting things. You know, Andrew Stanton, Um, he's the one who directed it and he actually, I think does a voice. I think he does the voice of crush in the movie. He's also Um, the, I think he's also the screenplay writer too, or the screen. Yeah. Which that's so cool, you know? Um, but yeah, he, he said that when he was a kid, he used to love going to the dentist because they had like this really cool fish tank and he would sit in there and, and look at the fish tank and he'd always often wonder if they were, you know, from the ocean and they, and they wanted to go home. So I thought that was cool. And then he said, like, after his son was born, they visited um, uh, Discovery Kingdom, which I've been there before with my son. We There's, like, this shark exhibit where you go through a tunnel and the sharks swim over you and stuff like that. And I guess he kind of looked at that and said, oh, man, like, I think I could do this in animation. And that's where I guess the um, – oh, but beyond and above that, he was talking about – when they were, he was taking his kid around in the park. I think he was, might've been five or six, his son. Um, he was very overprotective of him. And I think that's where the story kind of formed about the father being overprotective of the son. And also, you know, melding that with the, you know, with fish, you know, like the fish were going to be the, the characters in the story. So I thought that was really cool, you know, um, that he kind of put all that together and, and that's where finding Nemo came from. Um, of course I don't think he lost his kid in the ocean, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, uh, he's he's also has he he definitely paid his dues to get to the direct finding Nemo. So this guy has writing credits for most of the major A list Pixar movies. Um Toy Story, he he had part of the screenplay. A Bug's Life with which most people don't consider a, a great one, but um I I I do like it and it's kind of based off of Aesop's Tale. Um a you know, mm-hmm. screenplay for Toy Story Two, screenplay for Monsters Inc., obviously for Finding Nemo. Then he also did screenplay for uh um uh Wally, um Toy Story Three, um Unfortunately, he also did one for John Carter. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Um, and was... so he gets to do Finding Dory, but he's also in pre-production right now for Toy Story Four. So
0: oh, he's can't got, wait. Uh,
1: yeah, he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of writing credits to him. He's directed a few of Pixar's uh, good films, uh, Finding Nemo, Wally. He'll be directing Finding Dory, or did direct Finding Dory? And again, the one blemish on his directing or career is, is John
0: Carter. Yeah, which was a, his only live-action one, right? Uh, yeah, uh, I believe so. Yeah. I still haven't watched that movie. I couldn't uh, get through the first 20 minutes. So I just kept falling asleep. and I and did. Was- um, I watched it all the way through, and it, it's not as bad as most
1: people make it out to be, but you can you can see how the dense material kind of was difficult to kind of bring it. He didn't, he didn't get, he, they didn't nail it. Um, there were, there were a couple of cool things and a couple of cool plot twists in the, in the story. Um, but Mm. it's, um, I would say it to me, it's, it's probably better than any of the fantastic fours, which isn't saying too much.
0: Right. Right. Um,
1: But it's on the same level probably as the first fantastic four where they got a few things right, but didn't, you know, didn't, you know yeah uh, didn't nail code. it yeah but it, it's worth a watch it's worth a watch when you're like you know you kind of kind of check out what he can do live action it's not that bad it's not as bad as people make it seem to be um yeah. especially for the for the I, I think they did a really bad job marketing that film too because the the book is called i think john carter from mars and then they changed the name of the movie to just john carter
0: and, yeah that's and people dumb. were kind
1: of confused
0: yeah that's not people
1: smart. were already confused about it so that's probably why i didn't make a lot of money and then you get bad reviews and you know kind of snowballs from there but it's 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 not a bad watch yeah it, you could do a lot worse
0: yeah i'll ch- i'll check it out one of these days i i mean i gave fantastic four a, a shot after it came out on dvd so i'll give this a shot one of these days yeah but, when i'm yeah. sick sick in bed nothing to watch uh, <laughs> but so um, it's, it's
1: uh back to finding nemo uh so finding nemo is one of the very few rotten tomatoes um that is at 99 or above it's sitting at 99% yes i'd like to know who the 1% is and thought this movie was bad because those people don't know what the fuck they're talking about
0: they're yeah they like how can sing. you watch how <laughs> they, they you, like sing. yeah
1: yeah they're like they were they're probably obsessed with sushi or something like there's no reason to <laughs> Not like this movie. Um, everything about this movie is great. Um, Dory, uh, a great character. Um, there's everything, everything about this movie is memorable. Even the the seagull at the end. Um, all the fishes in the in the aquarium. I mean, I, I don't know one complaint I have about this movie.
0: No, it's so good from top to bottom. I mean, so well written, so well acted. Um, I'd be really hard pressed to find anything wrong with this movie. I mean, and it's well. Just
1: out of curiosity, why did you have it at ten? I know we talked about it br- briefly. Why did you have it at ten?
0: Oh, for Finding Dory. Yeah. Um, I you know that's a good question. Um, I think it's just one of those things where it's just been so long since the the first movie came out that I'm you know I'm excited for it, but it's not. I'm not Star Wars excited for it and there's other movies that you know like Civil War and I think even Batman v Superman where I was looking forward to that more because it's new. Um so mm-hmm. sequ- sequels I kind of reserve for you know kind of uh higher up in the in, in the top 10 but I I could almost guarantee though when I go see this movie Finding Dory it's probably going to shoot up. It's probably going to shoot up. Everything I've seen so far from it it, it get, got has gotten me really excited. Um well but, there
1: we're, we'll have that end of the year uh recap um for all of our top tens that made it and didn't make it and probably re-rank our our top 10 oh for sure
0: for sure um, and, and we're gonna know a
1: few movies that are going to be out or a few movies that i didn't even have listed
0: that are going to be in so yeah absolutely um and some movies we might push out of our top 10 and bring other movies in so we'll see <laughs> i, I got a couple of those too yeah <laughs> it'll be interesting to see but um so this movie, like you said, it was ninety nine percent Rotten Tomato, which is fantastic. Uh just unbelievably fantastic for a movie. Um probably the high I don't know, I'd be hard pressed to say it might but it might have been the, the best rated movie of that year. Um, but uh it also made it a crud ton of money. I mean, it was almost a billion dollars, this movie. And It's uh, the
1: first movie that it was the first it was the first Disney movie, even though it's Pixar. Um, to actually surpass um, the Lion King as the highest grossing animated film of all time at that. Point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, I think Shrek two had passed Lion King. And I think this one passed that, but now you have what Zootopia just hit the billion dollar mark. I think Toy Story three is at, a, I think the highest it's over a billion, yeah, something like that. Yeah. But speaking of Zootopia, just real quick, I, that movie quietly hit a billion. It's like, nobody's, saying anything about it it's really really bizarre it's probably the highest rated movie of the year and hardly anyone's talking about it Um, yeah it is kind of weird but it's such oh that's i mean they're just disney's just nailing it from both ends on disney animated and pixar but uh and the other thing that that pixar does really well is casting they have the best record of casting people for their movies um you said you said disney or pixar Pixar. Pixar Pixar I mean Marvel and Pixar are it's uncanny they very rarely do they have any kind of a misstep I can't really even think of one on the top of my head but I mean you got Albert Brooks as the main character you have Ellen DeGeneres who it, her her idiosyncrasies or nuances all that stuff that she does like on her television show or on stage they took that character and put it in this movie and it worked perfectly. There's like nobody else that could do that kind of acting, you know? Um, William Defoe, you know, um, Brad Jeffrey Garrett. Rush. Je- oh yeah, Jeffrey Rush. Like I had no idea he was in this thing. Um, Allison Janney's voice is pretty, uh, you could you could figure that out. Um, Steven Root, Vicky Lewis, you know, Joe Rampt, which I think he was one of the, the people that wrote for Pixar, I think he passed away before uh, Wally came out. Um, yeah, Jeffrey Rush played Nigel the Pelican, I think. Right. Um, yeah, there's there, there's so many voice talents. I think Eric Bana was in it. Um, you know, he was an Incredible Hulk. Um, John,
1: John Ratzenberg has a really memorable uh, one in here. The ongoing. The ongoing uh, joke for Pixar is that Ratzenberg is in every single
0: every uh, single one.
1: Pixar movie, but sometimes he, his role is rather small. Whereas this one is pretty memorable, where he plays the School of Fish.
0: Yes, yes, um, yeah. It's very rare that I mean, most of his roles are small. You are right, um, but some of them are quite quite substantial. Like I think in a Bug's Life, he's like the little the little uh, headmaster of the, of the circus, uh, the fleet. Right? Or, yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, it all started with Toy Story, and then. They decided to put him in everything, so you basically just like listen for him. Um, it's almost like a, um, or actually, it's more like a. Uh, probably Marvel took it from them, but it's like putting Stanley in all the Marvel movies. Um, you just have to wait to see when Stanley's going to pop up, and same thing with Ratzenberger's vo- uh, voice. You're like you just have to wait to see where he's going to be. Yeah, exactly. Ex-
0: exactly, and when it pops up, you always get you always have that smile on your face, like ah, there he is. You know, Cliff Clavin, yeah. there he is. Um, <laughs> so I found out something actually kind of interesting. I didn't know this, but, uh, apparently Megan Maloli had a, um, she was originally supposed to do a voice in the movie. They actually sought her out and they wanted her to be a voice in the movie. Now at the time she was pretty big on Will and Grace, you know, playing Karen. And she had a very specific whiny voice that she did on that show. Very memorable. Um, and they hired her or they wanted her to be in the movie and then they found out that she doesn't she doesn't sound anything like Karen Walker on Will and Grace. She actually has a completely different voice. Like that was a character that she developed on her own. Um, and so the producers they went ahead and hired her anyway and they wanted her to do that Karen Walker voice but she refused. And then they fired her. Now, it doesn't what say what was the role? Uh, I don't I don't know. It didn't say. Like I'd have to do a little more digging, but when I figured found that out, I was like Whoa, that's a trip, you know, because she has a very distinct voice on that show. Well, it's and, definitely not
1: it's definitely not Dory because I heard that Dory was specifically written for Ellen DeGeneres.
0: Oh yeah, they they absolutely. But it, so it had to be to, like
1: a side character or maybe somebody from maybe one of the fishes in the tank.
0: Um, yeah, possibly. And it was supposed to be like when you listen to it, you'd be like, Oh shit, that's Karen Walker from Will and Grace, no way, you know. But she didn't want to do the voice. She's she's like, I don't want to be. Probably was thinking, I don't want to be known just for that for that voice all the time. You know, she probably wanted to do her own thing. But they they fired her and hired somebody else. And but I have no well, idea. Unfortunately, she probably hasn't done anything since that voice. I don't think. Really. <laughs> probably not. But um, um, well, she was actually no, that's not true. She
1: was she was in a pretty memorable part in Parks and Recreation. She played. Uh, the ex-wife.
0: Oh, so, my um, Tammy number two. I think she. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, she She's was awesome that. in that. But that was kind of part Karen Walker, part Megan Mullally kind of thing. I don't like. Um, but yeah, I would be interested to see. She could have been the um, Allison Janney part, which is the the starfish. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'd have to kind of look into that. But
1: so you know, it was an interesting choice to get uh, Albert Brooks too, because. He had come in late, actually, Albert Brooks, because uh, William H Macy, who's an amazing actor, actually was originally Marlon, and I guess it just wasn't working, and they then hired um, Albert Brooks to redo
0: all of the dialogue. Wow, what a catch! I mean, that's that that's, I mean, he's amazing in that. I can't imagine anyone else doing the voice of that. That's like you know. Yeah, I know.
1: I was crazy when I heard his voice. I was like, wait a minute, they got Albert Brooks. I was like, oh, that's brilliant because you know, I haven't seen him in anything substantial in a really long time. And he's got a very distinct voice too. It's uh, very
0: neurotic. He's got an excellent yes. neurotic voice.
1: Yeah. And so does, you know what? So does William H. Macy. If you, um, if you listen to him in Fargo and then you also listen to him in Jurassic Park three, or is it two? No Jurassic park three, three. three yeah. He's, he's got that, I don't know what you call it. This William H Macy thing going, and you know, I can I can kind of see why they hired Macy for the role, but um, I, I would I would be curious. To, I mean, not that we'd ever get the chance to see that or hear that, but I would l- have loved to have heard his version of Marlon versus Brooks's version.
0: It's probably it. completely different, though. I'd, I'd have to imagine it's it's way different because, like, it's so it's so distinct. Like, I just watched it this morning. And and his voice is so distinct. I mean, it's like I could pick his voice out. I could pick like Woody Allen's voice out. I could pick, you know, there's just certain people that as soon as you hear it, go like, Oh, that's so-and-so, but it's just done so well. And it's probably why they hired Megan Maloney because of her voice. You know, it was like, Oh, that's really recognizable. Let's do her. But of course that's not a real voice, but um, you know, Ellen DeGeneres you could pick it right away. You knew who it was, but you know, she just did an, an unbelievable job. But um yeah, what are you th- the, the plot of the movie there there's so many um little things that happen in the movie that that progress the movie along to get Marlin to where he needs to go. And then they have like a whole other plot going on of Nemo trying to get out of the 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 tank at the dentist which some of the biggest laughs are, are in that tank because a lot of funny stuff like happens in there. Um, and uh, that's where I think we meets, uh, uh, you know, William Defoe's character who's like all scarred up and stuff. And, and uh, I can't, why was he scarred up again? Did he try? Is that from trying to escape before? I, yeah, I believe it was. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that was really cool. Or maybe know. he got it from the ocean. I can't remember. Yeah, it was either the
1: ocean or trying to escape.
0: Yeah, it was something like that. Like every character in there was pretty distinct, um, and they were all funny uh, in their own ways. Like the little fish with the every time the chest opened up and the bubbles came out, he's all bubbles, you know. And he, <laughs> he try to eat, try right. to get the bubbles, and the chest would close, and he get all sad. <laughs> you know
1: what's funny about this movie is like the the music is kind of distinct too, even from the very beginning to the very the very last part. When you know it's just the ocean, when it backs away from the ocean, yeah. How did they do that? It's very distinct music. So what's crazy about that? So picture the beginning of the movie where they show the words "Finding Nemo" kind of fading into the water, and then you know the movie ends with it, you know, coming back away from like uh, the water shot again. Right? It's very Mm -hmm. subtle. It's very calming, almost. It's this very—I don't even know how to describe the music in the beginning and the end. It just—it just. warms you somehow i don't know how else to describe it is it like a
0: like a harp or something or like a no i don't know i don't know yeah it's i'm not
1: sure but the the feeling that it gives you is this warm type of feeling right so picture picture danny elfman or hans zimmer doing the score for this movie because that almost happened
0: oh really i didn't know that
1: yeah, yeah. So if Danny Elfman did Danny it, Danny Elfman, would, yeah. it would have been weird, right? Because he's yeah. got a distinct. Yeah, I don't even know how to describe how he does his music. It's just very distinct, and Zimmer is very powerful and like, I don't even know. A lot of his most recent stuff is you know has to do with superhero movies, so it's kind of hard to pull him away from uh, other things because most of his most catchy, catchy type of stuff has always been like. This like powerful, masculine type of
0: isn't uh, he uh, um, doing some major superhero movies coming up too? I think he's done
1: with DC. I think he's done with DC. But oh, okay, um, okay, I think I think he said Batman v Superman
0: was his last one.
1: Well, who's the bi- who's the biggie?
0: Movies. Who's the biggie that's doing the Infinity Wars? I I don't know, but yeah, just think some-
1: about just think about their styles and how it would have probably like completely been the opposite of what we got from
0: well uh, from the eventual guy D- D- Danny Elfman, Newman. Yeah, Danny Elfman's very distinct. You're right, because he does a lot of the Tim Burton movies and which right. which works really well with his sensibilities. I mean the music goes really well with you know all those movies, Edward Scissorhands and
1: I mean his other know, big his other things. big one was um the Spider Man
0: movies he did. Oh it was very yeah. distinct as well. The Sam Raimi ones Oh, that's right. Funny enough,
1: ironically enough, Hans Zimmer did did the score for the second Amazing Spider-Man.
0: Really? He didn't do it for the first one?
1: No, that was uh, the guy who did Titanic.
0: Um, Fuck, what's his name? Man, it just seems like there's not a lot of um, big-time composers out there anymore. I mean, John Williams is the top of the list. but
1: Who the hell did the music for... Titanic. I'm I'm drawing a blank because this guy won every fucking musical award possible for that movie because he wrote the song. My heart will go on.
0: Oh, what yeah. Th- oh, shit.
1: The hell is his name? Uh,
0: oh, 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 it's a uh, Horner Horner. Uh, J- yeah, James, uh, Horner. J- James
1: Horner. Right. Yeah. So he did the first amazing Spider-Man and then he backed out of the second Spider-Man reportedly because the movie was so fucking awful. He didn't want to do it. That was the rumor that he didn't yeah. want to do the second movie. And then they brought in Hans Zimmer and you can hear Hans Zimmer, especially when you see electro.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, but yeah, so, so Danny Elfman has Danny Elfman and Hans Zimmer
0: were, were two people that they asked to do for finding Nemo. Yeah, it's and, a bummer, uh, bummer about James Horner. I think he died in a plane crash last year. Did um, he really? Yeah. Like he, I, I remember here seeing something like that in the, in the, I almost said the paper on the internet, And they, because one of the things that they brought up was that he was one of the guys that, um, got paid really well for doing the Titanic, um, soundtrack. He got paid like a dollar or $2 a, a CD or something like that. He, he sold like 27 million copies. So it was some astronomical, you know, amount of money that he got for a composer. Um, but yeah, I think he died in a plane crash, um, last year. Really my sad. favorite
1: score from him, my my favorite score from him comes from Braveheart, actually.
0: Yeah, oh, I could, dude. I could listen that, to that music forever. Yes, that that music is amazing. Holy crap. He also did, like, um, uh, Star Trek, uh, The Wrath of Khan, my favorite Star Trek movie. Oh, really?
1: It's going to be interesting because, he, you know, he's always done, or not always, but he has recently been a big... Um, James Cameron person, even though Cameron's only put out two films in, like, 20 years. but
0: Well, um, Avatar, yeah, he did Avatar.
1: So, yeah, so I wonder who he's hiring for that whenever the hell he starts filming that movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be anyway. interesting to see. I, well, music music for me is a really big deal uh, when I'm watching movies. You know, if the music yes. sucks, then, you know, like, I could, I could totally, a, a example of that is when you watch that Batman V Superman trailer and that music is going, it is the most annoying music ever. And yeah, it, can, surprisingly that was Hans Zimmer too, I think. Right. It might've been dude, but it was terrible. It's like, did it, did it, did it, did it. was like just this weird music that kept ramping up, and ramping up, And but it wasn't good. It was annoying more than anything else. Um, and then in the third trailer, they got rid of the music altogether and did something else. And I was like, okay, that's better. But, um, yeah, anyway, but back to Nemo. <laughs> yeah. So, well, what I really loved about Finding Nemo, I mean, what can you not say about like Pixar movies? They're always like really well written and really well acted. And this movie is kind of like their, I don't want to say like Pixar has peaked. They kind of did a little bit. Like, you know how back in the 80s or 90s, Like I think the first movie that started Disney's animation craze was like Little Mermaid or something like that, and then it went to Aladdin, and then more and more and more, and then I think it crescendoed with Lion King, and then it and then it started to go downhill from there. Like with With like Hercules, I think. Well, Pocahontas, and then Hercules, and then Hunchback of Notre Dame. You know, they had kind of some stinkers in there. Um, Never fully really recovered. I mean, they did Tarzan, which was pretty good. Um, Just kind of really up and down. With Pixar, it's pretty steady as far as like all the movies are very solid. But I remember, I think Finding Nemo is where it kind of crescendoed there for a little bit. Like that was their masterpiece, you know. Um, And then from there, it just kind—I'm not saying Pixar went downhill from there, but it just felt like that, like they hit their peak, like animated wise and um, story wise, and um, you know, and stuff like that. Um, And now it seems like Pixar is like cranking out sequels now like a lot of sequels. Yeah. Um, That kind
1: of, that's kind of upsetting to me because I always looked forward to their original material. Um, And my God, like this year we got, or last year I should say, we got inside out. What a creative uh, like masterpiece that was. Yeah. That was so different. Nothing. I mean, yeah, there's this ongoing joke where Pixar just takes things and, Gives it feelings, right? So, right. You know what happens if you give bugs feelings? What happens if you give toys feelings? And then inside out is what happens if you give feelings feelings? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, but but regardless of what it is, <laughs> it's it's it it was so unique in how they deal with uh, telling a story and. Don't get me wrong, I love Toy Story. If they came out with Toy Story 20, they just keep getting better and better. I'm in the theater watching every single Toy Story that Absolutely. I could possibly watch. Um, I even watched like the little, uh, you know, 10, 15 minute uh, uh, little cartoons that they do. The little the shorts. Channel. Yeah. Yeah, the shorts. Yeah, I love those too. Um, but, um, but everything they do is different. Like most, a lot of people don't talk about WALL-E, but that movie's really phenomenal in the fact that there's barely any dialogue in that movie at all. Right, You still understand and get everything that they're trying to do in that movie. Um, So that, that, that movie needs to take a lot more, get a lot more credit than it uh, deserves. Um, God, uh, monsters Inc. I remember that, that was different. I was like, Oh my God, that was, that was unique too, because it was, and I did not like monsters university. Um, um, But monsters Inc. It was great because it was like, Oh cool. They're going to see, like take that spin on like, you know, Kids and monsters in their bedroom, which was fucking awesome.
0: Yeah, uh, it was great.
1: Different. um I really wish they didn't do Monsters University. I wish they went to like a different one. Um, but um, and uh, well, I for me, the, I think like, the only ones I don't like is Cars. I think I know you liked Cars a little bit better than I did. I um, I cars.
0: like I, I like I like Cars one. Um, more than, well, yeah, way more than you do. I I do like that movie, but that's for nostalgia reasons too. That was the first movie I ever took my son to. Um, but yeah, the rest of the movies after that, you know, like, uh, Ratatouille, I thought was pretty good, pretty decent. Um, little, little silly, you know, with the rat thing, but, but it was still good. Um, Wally, I just fell in love with up. I fell in love with Toy Story three was probably their other masterpiece beside inside out. Um, Cars two is probably their biggest misstep, um, and then Brave was just Brave was like a, just a really cool like decent movie. It wasn't you know anything to write home about. I mean, it was still good, but it was like Bugs Life good. It wasn't you know this oh my god everyone has to go out and watch this movie. It's, it's okay. And Monsters um, yeah, U- different, yeah. Monsters University. I liked it for what it was, but I wasn't a huge. Fan of that, but the one that I'm really pissed about is the Good Dinosaur. I really wanted to like that movie, and I didn't like it at all. Um, Yeah, that movie was basically especially coming right after Inside Out. Man, like if like let's say they put out the Good Dinosaur last summer, and -hmm. then they put Inside Out in November, I think they would have done a lot better. But Inside Out is just it's fucking pure masterpiece genius, you know. And you put out Good Dinosaur, it just doesn't even hold. You know, a quarter a, bad, a quarter a quarter of not, a candle.
1: It's not bad. I mean, for me, for me, it's better. It's better than um, cars. For me, anyway, it's better than cars. Okay. It's definitely better than cars too. Um, I think for nostalgia reasons, it's not as good as Monsters University. Even though I really didn't like Monsters University. Yeah. Um, uh, prequels are just so. Like you, you really need to know what you're doing when you're doing a prequel. It's Very difficult to
0: do a prequel. Um, um, well, it followed um, a lot of the, the. It's like they took Revenge of the Nerds and put Monsters Inc. in it. Basically, <laughs> that's basically what yeah. it was.
1: Yeah, you're right. Anim- you're Animal Animal right. House,
0: you know. Um, but they have some. You know, Finding Dory is is you know the the next sequel, and I think they're working on Cars three and Incredibles two and like all these other sequels. I don't know of any. New original material they have coming. I'm sure they have something down the pipeline, but don't forget Toy Story Four. Toy Story Four, yeah. So they got a bunch of sequels. Um, Disney, I think their next big movie uh, is called Moana, which is a, a, I think a Hawaiian story. I think there's a female lead, and I think The Rock is in it, which we've talked about. We'll watch anything with The Rock in it. Um, yeah. So that comes out this this Christmas or somewhere
1: around. Now looking forward to Cars Three. Definitely looking forward to Incredibles two, uh, um, with yes. the big like superhero like bursting onto the scene type thing. A lot of people don't consider Incredibles a superhero movie; they just considered it a cartoon for Pixar,
0: which really but, pisses me off. Because you try to put you right. put majority of the superhero movies next to that, and it holds up. You put like you know it's what Fantastic Four should have been. You know, because um, most people are like, oh, it just mimics Fantastic Four. And I'm like, yeah, but it does it fucking awesome. Like, you got Sam Jackson in it yelling, like, where's my super suit? I, it's fucking <laughs> awesome. I, it's my favorite part of the whole movie. You know, where's yeah, my I suit, love, woman? Yeah. Was, yeah, uh, I love
1: her responses even better, though.
0: Yeah. I, I, I mean, even superheroes have, you know, have problems. I just, I loved it. That's such an awesome movie. I have to watch that again. Shit. It's been a long time, but, um, yeah, all in all, you know, finding Nemo is, is, it still holds up after 13 years. It's a great, great film. I'm really looking forward to finding Dory. Um, in fact, I think next week we're, we're reviewing it, which I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and uh, I don't know have you seen anything uh, ratings wise on it? Has it been pretty quiet? Um, I don't know. I think it might be a little bit too early um,
1: for it. Um, I don't think uh I don't think I saw anything um, on it other than um, what it uh, you know people anticipating it and things like that. There's really not a lot of yeah there's there's nothing on it. there's no reviews or anything on it. It would it would it would absolutely crush me if
0: if this movie
1: did not rate in the '90s.
0: Yeah, um, I, I I me too. I kind of feel that way too.
1: For me, it's a little bit you know you have your cars nostalgic reasons, um, but if you actually took your your son out of the the equation, the movie's not that great. Um, right. My my reason for rating Finding Dory number one is for nostalgic reasons. It's it's the last movie I ever saw in the theater with my mother. Um, yeah. Yeah. But if I took my mother out of the equation, Finding Nemo is still, uh, uh, you know, still way up there top still movie. Up, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, for sure. So I was a little apprehensive when I said when I found out that it was Finding Dory. I'm like, okay, this that's a little weird. That now the whole movie is centered around a side character, and usually when you do side character, you know, you change the plot and make it about the side character, it, it doesn't really work too. It doesn't well. work like, right. The last one I can think of is like the minions. Um, they're good in little portions, but then you put them in, in an entire movie, the gags, you, you have a hard time finding all the gags. Oh my God.
0: You laugh. Thank you for saying that. Cause I watched that movie and I thought it was the most boring cartoon and yet it did a billion dollars. It you know? wasn't,
1: it wasn't great. Um, I didn't mind it. I have nostalgic reasons for it. Cause that's the first movie I ever took my daughter to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay. There's, there's definitely funny parts of it, but you could tell like, they were having a hard time trying to make the thing move along. It wasn't the movie that I thought I was going to get. Like I thought that, you know, the, the, the trailer that they showed was basically like the first five minutes of the movie. And I was like, wait, you're just brushing over all this stuff.
0: Right. You know, which I, I which I thought that stuff was more, I thought that stuff was more interesting than what, what yeah, so did I,
1: I thought I was going to get like the minions in segments throughout history, not like montage it. Like they did in the trailer.
0: Right, uh, and they I rushed like, oh, it. Man, I
1: would, yeah. yeah,
0: and at the end of it, they they got to Groot, which I really wish they wouldn't have done that because they could have, you know, kept kept that thing going. But um, yeah, yeah.
1: So that's that's that was my apprehension for for Dory. But then I saw you know the trailer and I saw all the subsequent things after that, and I'm like, okay, this is making
0: me feel better about it. So um,
1: yeah, really especially to this movie. When-
0: Especially when uh, Peter Gabriel's song, you know, pops up. I, I love that song. You know, grab your things. I am gonna take you home. I was like, oh, I love that song.
1: So yeah, yeah they yeah. they do
0: such a good job, you know, cutting trailers too, man. I just and I love some of the the new um, creatures in that movie. Like it looks like Ed O'Neill is gonna be the the octopus or whatever that is. That oh, is he? I think so. Huh. I think it's Ed O'Neill. I, I just, know they
1: got they specifically wrote the role for the. um the whale shark, for the the woman who is in "It's Always Sunny."
0: Oh yeah, Caitlin Olsen, she's awesome. Yeah, she's the whale shark. I love her to death. I I love that show. You still have not been watching that show, have you? It is still after eleven no. seasons. After eleven seasons, dude, it is still back amazing. To it,
1: there's, dude. You know, we have so much crap to watch. I'm trying yeah, to do DVR now. I'm trying to finish Falling Skies right now.
0: Oh God! Don't bother. I finished that. It was a. It's well, it's a total letdown. Well, but
1: it's I have like six episodes left. I'm I'm kind of stuck into it right now, so I'm kind oh, of. Oh
0: yeah, you got to finish it. Unlike
1: unlike Gotham, I'm I'm not. I'm too far <laughs> into it. I have to finish it, knowing that it's done. You know, knowing that it's done. So I know.
0: I just I just we just watched Preacher episode number one again because we hadn't. We let too too much go by between the first and the second one, so we watched the first one again, and it's just, you know, the oh, one thing man, it's that, so good. You know, oh. yeah, you know what's crazy is
1: going like going back to finding Dory is, and this always happened to me growing up. So, did you ever watch like the Transformers or GI Joe or? Or like Heathcliff or something like that where Absolutely. a character's a character's voice was different, and you're like, wait a minute, why does that voice sound different?
0: Oh, Ren like, and Stimpy does... they they did it to be in Ren and Stimpy and Futurama and right. some other shows I loved.
1: So I don't know if a lot of people know this out there, but it's not the same Nemo.
0: Well, no, because Nemo's thirteen years older and all grown up.
1: Yeah, so, so they, they to got get somebody, somebody else to play Nemo. So I'm wondering if, if it's going to be easily like distinguishable that it's well,
0: not, I'm uh, wondering how far off of like how far off is this from Finding Nemo? Is it a couple of years later? Is it a month later? Is it start directly after the other one? Well, looking you at know.
1: the looking at the trailers and stuff,
0: it doesn't look like Nemo's
1: gotten any bigger. So
0: looks about the same. Well, that's their mistake right there. They should have made him a little bit older. That would have made more sense for the change of the voice. But what do I know? I don't know. It's been 13 years. Shit.
1: But, well, I uh, mean, the main character of the well, actually, the main character finding Nemo was actually Marlin. So it was actually Marlin's story more than more than Nemo's. If anything, I would say it was like 60-40 between the two. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'd agree with you. Um,
1: but the fact that you take like one of the main two characters and you, and you get another actor to play him. It's almost like back to the future.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Totally. A little Jeffrey Weissman situation. Yeah. Um, The other thing that we didn't talk about, you know, I don't know. I guess it's something we could save the next week, but a lot of like controversial stuff about fighting Dory has been, in the news lately about the... Uh, oh, the lesbian the, couple. Yeah, the lesbian couple, supposedly the lesbian couple in the trailer, and people would have made a big so stink about stupid. it. so fucking stupid.
1: It really is like, stupid. it's so fucking dumb, and here's why. Do they have any idea who Dory is? <laughs> You're annoyed at the lesbian couple and finding Dory, but you don't have a problem with Dory. Right. Are you and... fucking moronic? it's probably the most famous lesbian on the face of the earth is the main character, but you have a problem with the lesbian couple or potential lesbian couple because that's not
0: confirmed. Right. It wasn't confirmed. It's I've heard people have been laughing it off. They're like, whatever, dude. So it's, it, it doesn't, it, it really, I actually, you know what? Shit. I mean, more power to them. They should do it. You know, it's like you should do it's real world people. Yeah, exactly. It's twenty twenty first 21st century, know. you know, uh, I think put like, more-
1: Louis C. K. like Louis C.K. like Louis C.K. like said it best in one of his standups where he was like, wait a minute, two people can't get married, two gay people can't get married because
0: you want to explain it to your shitty kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what would make it even better if there were two Asian lesbian couple, you know, that would <laughs> be a lot even better. They were know? probably Asian
1: people in the screenplay, but then they changed it to white people when they were drawing it. <laughs>
0: We can't get the slants right. No, fucking
1: fucking Asians just losing in cartoons too.
0: Right? It's it's terrible. It's a terrible business. But Um, uh, anyway, (laughs) well, I I enjoyed watching Finding Nemo again. It was pretty awesome. Um, I don't know about you. Did you get to revisit it? um, I revisited at least
1: once every two weeks, so I did not need to do that. So,
0: wow, between Frozen and Finding Nemo, you got to be like ready to blow your brains Frozen, out. Finding
1: Nemo, Toy Story, the big one is now Zootopia. I mean, I don't need to revisit any cartoon. That's the best thing about doing these podcasts for these cartoons because it's like, fuck, I'm already prepared for it. I don't need to watch anything. <laughs> I can tell you,
0: I could like recite the whole movie for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Just, name me a scene. I already know it. That's funny. Turn the turn the sound off. Like I could turn the sound off on episode 4 Star Wars and I could watch it and do all the all the the dialogue. I've memorized it. I can watch it so I, many times. And
1: yeah, I could do the opposite too where I could not even be in front of the TV and I can hear Here here's a big of here's how big of a film nerd I am, right? Or or just a movie film nerd in general, right? So mm-hmm. I used to work for a cable company and somebody called in and had issues with their cable. So they decided to, while they called in, have their TV really loud in the background, right? Oh God. So I literally said to the person, like, Could you please turn Braveheart down? And they're like, How the fuck did you know that? I'm like <laughs> I'm I just standing outside music.
0: your window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm staring at you. <laughs> that would be messed up. You'd be like, how that- the
1: fuck did you know? How did you know that? I'm like, I'm always around.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'll never leave you. i'll never leave you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man you just hear him, like screaming and hanging up <laughs> yeah awesome. yeah exactly <laughs> you're gonna but, die yeah, in but... one week <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah like it, it kind of freaked out the person because I, all i all i did was hear their music and like i just knew exactly where it was from i could um, do that
0: i could do that too you could you could picture the weird. scene in your head you know you yep. could picture the scene right in your head and yeah, exactly. Like even, it, if
1: I could hear the music, I'm like, all right, this is this is where they do this. Or exactly, you know. So yeah, yeah. it's a it's a really sad gift. That, it's a really bad <laughs> superpower to have. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely useless. <laughs> it's the worst fucking superpower to have.
0: Now, if you're ever, if you're ever on like name that too, movie movie edition, you might be, you know, so yeah, you might be able to make or some if, money.
1: If like since Independence Day is on my top ten list, if if Martians ever attacked the Earth, and I needed to outplay the Martian by name that tune, I would
0: fucking save the Earth. <laughs> that's that's a good that's a good situation to have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All but right. Other
1: than that, it's a completely useless
0: superpower. <laughs> it's a like idiot savant of sound tr- movie soundtracks. Well, at least with like idiot
1: savants or whatever, they have like useful things like this. Like usually savants can paint or no, like math,
0: math. Or, <laughs> or, 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 like,
1: do music or something. Not me. Dude, I fucking know. Like you're Asian, I know music. you should be predisposed
0: <laughs> <laughs> to being able to no, do math. What's the matter I didn't with get you? That,
1: I didn't get that gene. I might have like had too much McDonald's as an early age and it fucking got it out of me. <laughs> too <laughs> so many chicken nuggets
0: i was vaccinated uh, be vaccines. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah those vaccinated dumb fucks would be like well if he didn't get vaccinated this asian would have known math too
0: exactly it's like or you're a, you're basically you're movie rain man you're like movie music rain man i'm yeah, an excellent except, i'm an excellent tune person yeah I except know. i can't
1: walk into a casino and fucking win a shit ton of money <laughs>
0: But I could walk into a fucking theater and I know what's playing in there. Yeah, I'd like
1: I walk into like I walk into you the know one of store. the casinos. Walk into one of the casinos and like they're they're you know I walk down at the blackjack table and they give me like cards and I'm like the theme to Gladiator and like get out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you mean I don't get anything? What? <laughs>
1: Like, wait, we're playing. Wait, what game are we playing? (laughs) I just know the song.
0: Leave. Yeah. Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. They should do that. Why don't they have like movie? Don't they have movie themed uh, games? I know they have video clips. Like you watch a clip, and you
1: you know. But sometimes on Jeopardy, if you're lucky, if you're lucky, they sometimes have like movie themes, and you like get to watch it or movie like clips. Like that would be the only way I would ever fucking win Jeopardy if I was lucky enough to have that one category.
0: From your couch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> every time every time that every time like that comes up in like a Jeopardy game, that's
0: the that's the category that I go for. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh anything movie wise, I'm I'm always good at. Yeah. But of course of course they'll say something like, Who was the first, you know, um African American to win uh best you know, costume design and the Oscars. I'll be like, oh, shit, I have no idea what that is. Yeah. Like but,
1: who was the f- who was the first grip on Ben-Hur?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me?
0: Yeah, sorry. I, I don't know. But I could guess that tune. Uh, oh, know you know what?
1: Dude, did you ever see uh, – remember when who, who Wants to Be a Millionaire was like really huge with the Regis Philbin was doing the host. Yes. and it was like must watch tv every single night cuz nobody got to a million. Um I would I would have won one of them.
0: I would have won one, one of them. One
1: day one day there was a what was it like the what was the threshold it was like 500,000, 750,000 then a million. What well no,
0: I think it was 500 all the way to a million and they had a $500,000 question and it and it was um uh, Star Wars. It was a Star Wars question. Yeah, it was like, uh, where is Luke from? And it was like yeah, t- yeah. Tatooine, Dantooine, and a couple other, Coruscant, and one other we one. We saw the same episode. That's the one I was talking about. That's the one yeah. I was going to reference. <laughs> but see, the uh, funny thing is – Didn't they well, use a lifeline
1: or something for that one, that guy?
0: Or that I don't girl know, or but, but he, he, didn't, he got to the million-dollar question, but he couldn't answer it uh, because it was basically where do baseballs get imported from? And it was like um, Cuba, Haiti, um, Virgin Island. It was it was a couple of things. And I immediately said, I think I said Haiti because Cuba we don't have trade with. And the other two were like weird outliers. And, and so I guessed what it was. And I would have won the million dollars. I guessed every single one of those questions right. And I remember the Star Wars question distinctly because I was like, holy shit, if I was sitting in that seat, I would be guaranteed 500 grand. I would have won that. You know, and then the million dollar question—I completely guessed. I had no idea. I did it like basis, like process elimination, because um, he went 50-50 on it, and he still he still didn't guess it. He's like, "I'm not going to go for it," because he would have lost all that money, and when it ended up with like thirty-two thousand or something. Oh, but right. That's so weird. You remember that same episode? We weren't even friends back then, and we watched. Yeah, I remember that. that. Same I, episode. I think I was on
1: like vacation or something. And I remember that coming on. I was screaming at the fucking
0: TV. Cause it oh, Tatooine, like, motherfucker, motherfucker Tatooine. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, uh, I, I, I think he phoned a friend or he did something. I was like, what are you doing? Like, it's Tatooine, goddammit. Um, yeah, I watched uh, the one guy that actually won the million dollars. And I think he was a, a guy that worked for the government. So the very last he was question. In the, that,
1: uh, IRS.
0: Yeah, IRS. The million dollar question was what are the holidays or which month doesn't have holidays or some bullshit? he knew the answer because he, you know, gets those days off or whatever, he guessed it, no problem. Actually, he was really cool because he phoned he's like, Let me phone a friend and he phoned his dad and he's like, Guess what, dad? I just want a million dollars and then he answered the question and got it right. And that was such a pimp move. I was like, Oh man, that's awesome.
1: I remember the news articles coming out after that, like that Who Wants to be a millionaire like post got you know, we're a bunch of pussies because like the questions that he were get he was getting apparently were really easy. So it was like, would you were you afraid like the IRS was going to fucking audit you if you didn't give this guy a million dollars? Right,
0: no doubt. It's almost like they oh this guy's on the on the show. Let's give him this question. Like it just it was so tailor made. It was ridiculous, but. The guy that did the Tatooine question, I got every single question right. I would have won that freaking million dollars. So it's crazy. I got every question right, had to guess the million dollar one because I had no freaking clue. But the next guy that came after him, like within three questions, he was out because they were hard, you know? And I was like, oh my God, like this this show is ridiculous. It it could go either way. Like if you're a total idiot savant on certain topics, like a some dog millionaire type of thing, you you could win. And then the other questions are just extremely hard and you have no freaking clue. You know? Really bizarre stuff. Um that was a funny Once show. again,
1: once again our podcast proves that we can link the most obscure fucking things possible.
0: No doubt. I don't have it doesn't Who Wants to Be a Mia has nothing to do with finding Nemo. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> 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 but if, I bet uh, you
1: nobody's actually thought about that game show in fucking years until, like, they listened to this podcast.
0: No doubt. Like, I think it's still on, like, during the day, but I never watch it. Yeah, anymore. it doesn't count do anymore.
1: I don't, I don't watch it. I yeah. think Meredith, Meredith, I think her name is. Does it? Mer-
0: yeah, well, I think it's somebody else now. I think oh, she doesn't God. do it anymore, yeah.
1: It's even worse.
0: <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, I mean, I, we didn't really spoil Finding Nemo, right? I mean, they fucking found him at the end. I think people know that, but... I you know, said people, you know, we didn't spoil finding Nemo for anyone because they fucking found him at the end. I mean, it's called finding Nemo. So, yeah. if, you know, it's if anyone has it buried Nemo, right? I mean, if <laughs> killing Nemo or buried Nemo. Okay. Yeah. If anyone, I mean, hasn't seen finding Nemo by now, I mean, crawl out from under that rock and go watch. No, it. it's, it's, it's the 10, good. it's the
1: 10, it's a 10 year. It's a 10 year rule,
0: right? That's like, true. if you haven't
1: watched the fucking movie by now, like, the well,
0: fuck? we didn't spoil the, uh, the, the journey, but the destinations in the title. So, uh, screw you guys, but yeah. anyway, well, it. anyway, stay tuned till next week. We're going to be reviewing, uh, finding Dory, which is, uh, Vic's number 10, uh, number one video or movie of anticipated movie of this year. And mine's, uh, it's number 10 on mine, but, uh, um, feeling yours is going to be moving up. I have a feeling it is as well. Uh, well, that's uh, episode 29 of Chew On This at Nerds United Podcast. I'm BJ. Vic. Chew on that till next time. Later.